Hello and welcome to the Travel Diaries podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Holly Rubenstein. I'm a journalist and editor. And here each week, I'll be speaking to a very special guest about their adventures around the world and the travel experiences and destinations that have shaped their lives. Today, I'm joined by the singer-songwriter Ella Eyre. Ella burst onto the music scene back in 2013 when she featured on the number one single Waiting All Night with Rudimental, which went on to win the Brit Award for Best British Single. She since toured the world, releasing hits like If I Go, Gravity, Came Here for Love and Just Got Paid, and is now back with new material, a lot of which was written and recorded in Jamaica. We talk about that, about her Maltese and Jamaican heritage, her obsession with Asian cuisine, the time she nearly became a professional swimmer, and her once-in-a-lifetime performance on Richard Branson's Private Island. All that and much more coming up on The Travel Diaries. Well, I am with the wonderful Ella Eyre. Welcome to The Travel Diaries. Hello, this is quite fun. We're in a really cool recording studio in the middle of London that I didn't even know existed. This is like a vibey area. Yeah, it's like a low-key studio setup. It's cool. It's, yeah, I actually live really close by, so it works really well. So if I need to record something quickly, I can just quickly run around to the studio, get some work done. When you get some creative inspo. Yeah. That's so I wish cool. it worked like that. It doesn't quite work like that. Yeah, <laughs> It's not as easy as it sounds. So we're going to go on a journey through the eight chapters of your life's travel diary right, so then. far. Yeah. Uh, so let's kick off with chapter one, and that's your earliest childhood travel memory. What yeah. would that be? Um, I'd say it would be when I went to Wales with my... So I've got this family, friends, that um, there's five of us, and we all, all our parents went to the same antenatal group. Um, so we've known each other since birth and we'd always go on holidays every year. Like one year we went to Morocco and there's, there's this one particular memory of when I went to Wales, I think we were about three or four years old and, um, we were all stood on these little podiums, um, in a forest trying to like, we had got massive leaves off a tree and we were trying to fly. Um, <laughs> And so we're all queuing up for this podium to jump off and try and fly. And one of my friends got jealous or or got angry about the fact that I'd had one too many goes. And I remember her pushing me off and biting my cheek. (laughs) Biting your cheek? Yeah. That's aggressive. Did she get disciplined? Obviously, she got disciplined. (laughs) And the reason I remember it so vividly is just because I remember the rest of the trip, she was the villain of Mm. of the kids. There's always a villain of a holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was the villain of that particular one. (laughs) And did travel feature a lot in your childhood growing up? Yeah, I think I was quite fortunate. I think um, we, we, like, particularly that group of friends, like, we always went on holiday every year we always went to really interesting places um and so you know like I said we went to Morocco we, we, we did like a whole two weeks in Morocco where we did the city bit and then we did the desert bit oh, and we cool. sort of climbed the mountains with mules and stuff in and, the Atlas Mountains yeah yeah and it was quite it was amazing if anything that was probably one of my earliest memories as well because mm-hmm. it was it was amazing so am I right in thinking that your mum is Maltese yeah. and your dad Jamaican yeah so how did those two um, <laughs> quite different cultures yeah, inf- influence you growing up? I mean, hugely. My, yeah. Both my parents were really into music. Um, my dad obviously loved reggae. Um, well, he was Jamaican. Um, he loved reggae. And he, you know, I think he thought he could sing. My mum always said that he thought he could sing. Um, <laughs> whether he could or not was, you know, left up for, for discussion. But um, And my mum's always loved music as well. She's always loved like Basement Jackson, and Jamiroquai. And um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I guess I've, I've always been influenced by 
by their sort of cultural references in terms of music as well, but also just their music taste in general. And did you travel to Malta and Jamaica? I went to Malta at a really young age. There's a picture of me with a white dog on a mug somewhere in my mum's cupboard um, of me in Malta. I went to Malta relatively recently um, for the first time of an age that I can remember. And it's yeah. just so beautiful. What did you think of it? Tell me about it. Stunning. So stunning. And like, um, I was so close to my nan who was from there um, and she passed um a couple of years ago but it was really nice to go back because I really felt like I could she she was very typically Maltese so um, what is a typical Maltese person would you say um incredibly warm incredibly friendly the accent is so distinctive uh-huh. um and so like particularly the accent they all just sounded like my nan and I hadn't heard that for a while so it yeah. was really special um and it was just yeah I just it was so warm I just remember it being a really warm fuzzy feeling in Malta and what did you get up to when you were there um we went to went into the main center of town we did everything really we sort of got these bus passes and we just hopped on and off buses went to gozo um went to kimono went to like the gorgeous um what are they called coves and and caves i guess like around where all the beautiful blue water is basically Mm. um like i think it's called the blue lagoon i'm not sure Mm -hmm. i should probably look this up Mm -hmm. um and then, oh, my favourite thing about Malta is the pastitsis. Oh, what are they? They're like mini, I want to say mini Cornish pasties, but they're not. Uh-huh. But they are like a pastry. Savoury? Yeah, savoury. Or I think I think you can definitely get like Nutella and banana as well. But yeah. like the most famous one is the cheese one. Ooh. The cheese So pastizzi. a cheesy pastry. Mm, it is so good. It's like a custardy cheese in the middle. Mm. Um, and then they also have, I think there's a pesto-y one and a chicken-y one. But the, the one that I specifically remember and the one that actually my aunt he always brings back from Malta is the pastitsis oh, and the cheesy nice. ones yeah oh nice. and the twisties the crisps oh my gosh what they've got their own special Maltese yeah. crisps yeah it's really strange like obviously we have twisties here but they're not in like I don't think they're the same brand or anything but they just taste they taste like powdered cheese <laughs> which it sounds disgusting but I just I remember my mum bringing them back from a young age so like I've definitely grown up loving them they're an acquired taste my boyfriend hates them oh I want to <laughs> try them out where could I get some so chapter two is the first place that you fell in love with what would that be um I'd say it's a tricky one because I love traveling but I've never like fallen in love with the place until I went to Barcelona like enough to want to move there or own a house there oh I totally feel the same way it's quite it's quite a weird I think to want to move somewhere is quite a big decision and obviously Mm. I love London I don't think I'd ever move but if I was going to I love Barcelona the food is just incredible the night laugh is really fun um you can walk pretty much everywhere um and you've got a beach in the middle of the city yeah it's just the best yeah it is the best and like I've, I've been a couple of times now and I've been with various groups of friends and it just it gets better every time I just absolutely love it there's such a kind of electricity to it as yeah. a city as well. It's yeah. a really exciting place to be. Yeah, I think so. So tell me, at what age did you did your music career start really kicking off? Um, it started kicking off, I'd say, probably about 18, 19. So really young. Yeah. So as a result, anyone who is successful in music ends up just beginning to travel. Yeah. Kind of, is it pretty much from the word go? You're on, on the go. Yeah, um, uh, I think I was very fortunate. My, my in, entrance into the music industry was with Rudimental, who were already an established group mm-hmm. who were touring and were traveling the world. So, yes, it was for me. I wouldn't say that that's necessarily always the way, but it was definitely that case for me. 
And how did you adjust to that? I loved it. I, I went to boarding school, so I'm well used to being away from home. And I actually kind of thrive that way. Uh-huh. Um, so I just, any opportunity to travel, I just absolutely adore it. Going back to you being at boarding school, yeah. I, I, I read that you were initially on track to be a swimmer. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did the change from swimming to music come about? Um, it came about because I I was swimming competitively and I was probably swimming like about four hours a day. What was your stroke? Butterfly. Oh, the that's the hardest stroke. <laughs> if you don't know about swimming, that is the hardest one. But that was my theory. Is because it's the hardest one, less people wanted to do it, so there was less competition. Right, right. <laughs> um, but then failing that, um, I basically got really bad ear infections. And I think it's quite common among some swimmers, it's called swimmer's ear, you either have it or you don't. Mm. Unfortunately for me, I did. So I wasn't able to train as much as I was. And then my time started to get slower. And then like being a young teenager who just discovered smoking and boys, I wasn't as in, and I was wasn't as fast as I used to be. I wasn't as into swimming as I as I was initially. Mm-hmm. So then um, I was at Millfield, which was a it's, a it's a sports school. It's renowned for producing some of the best sportsmen in the world. Absolutely. So I went there to swim, and obviously because I couldn't swim anymore, my mum couldn't really afford to have me at the school because I was on quite a big scholarship. So I was very fortunate that my drama teacher at the time had sort of like eagle-eyed that I was into drama quite good at it yeah um so I had my scholarship swapped over to that and then that was sort of like the the entrance into my sort of performance singing career I guess amazing yeah and then from there you headed to the Brit school yeah which is I mean such an institution and has created so many amazing stars yeah does it have that kind of fame feel to it when you're there uh yeah it does to be fair I I guess it's a little bit more of a ratchet fame (laughs) um but I I loved it it was really good fun it was very different environment for me having gone from the countryside in Somerset to Croydon um but it was really really fun I loved it so where would you say has been your most memorable performance location oh caught me off guard I'd say do you know what I'd actually actually say that my most memorable one was when I performed at a birthday party um on Richard Branson's island on Necca Island on Necca Island yeah wow what was it like it was phenomenal like I'd I'd heard about the documentary I hadn't watched it at the time about his island um but everyone had told me how amazing it was and honestly it blew my mind I just couldn't believe a place like that exists so how come what what made it so special um I think it was just because it is so remote you know it's Mm. one thing going to it's not easy to get to no it's not easy to get to I think we had to fly to Antigua and then we had to like island hop until we got to the um I think it was Virgin Gorda that we we landed in Mm -hmm. and then we had to get a boat um so and it was it was just an amazing trip Uh, we were only there for 36 hours and it took us 18 hours to get there um (laughs) but it was just we made the most of it and we used jet lag to our advantage like we did not sleep yeah and you know we got up at six and went snorkeling and then we partied through the night and but it was really really beautiful and just the staff were fantastic and the grounds and the facilities were insane it's one of those places that's got a real kind of allure about it Mm. like you hear about it it's one of those places but it's so hard to get to and it's obviously like really expensive probably yes it's it's like a bucket list well it's a private island so you're not gonna go unless you hire the whole island and I didn't hire the whole island yeah and actually I wasn't even on the island for that long I was staying in an island next door 
Um, but just that area in general is just absolutely stunning. Yeah. Are you a fan of the Caribbean? I'm a huge fan. Being half Caribbean myself, I'm yeah. absolutely a huge fan. So have you travelled to Jamaica much? I have. I have. More recently, um, I have. Um, and I obviously, did, I did it quite a lot when I was younger. Mm. Um, and then sort of school took over and I didn't go as much. Um, but I went actually It's last a cool year. place to kind of go to visit your family, yeah. isn't it? Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. So I've been very fortunate in that regard. And I, I actually went back last year not to visit family, but to uh, go for a writing camp. So I flew like 20 people out to Jamaica um, to just write songs for 10 days amazing in Port Antonio and how did it provide you some good inspo it was huge because um actually the reason I'd gone back was because my dad had died two years before that and Mm. it was the first time I'd been back since he died and I think I'd suffered from like chronic writer's block I sort of lost I felt like I'd lost like a part of my identity because I hadn't explored my Jamaican heritage as much as I should have whilst he was alive. And I think work, school, life just got in the way and I really regret not utilising that more whilst I had the chance. So I decided that I wanted to go to Jamaica, take all my favourite people out there um, and see 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 if it helped the writer's block and it completely cured it. It was oh, wow. honestly one of the most spiritual experiences of my life. It was crazy. Wow. Mm. Um, and so what part of Jamaica were you based in when you were doing that? We were in Port Antonio right. and we stayed at um, G-Jam Studios um, and there's one gorgeous studio but we actually converted the gym into the studio and the, the master bedroom into the studio as well and we had pretty much the whole hotel for 10 days. And has that led to some of the songs that we'll be hearing from you coming up? Yeah, absolutely. Like some of the most most like touch uh, I say touching maybe to other people but for me like personal records have been written in Jamaica and there's a couple coming as well that aren't as sort of deep yeah. but are really fun and have that sort of flair and that Jamaican touch wonderful I can't wait to hear mm. so chapter three is a place where you learned the most about yourself mm-hmm. what would that be I'd say it was Jamaica actually it yeah. was um where I found the I guess a new direction, a new like headspace, a new mindset. Um, it really helped me because I, I I've been signed to two labels now. This is my second Island Records, and um, I I've basically just had like a shift in brand, a shift in like I've grown up essentially, and this is like a new era in terms of the music that I'm producing. Because you've been in the industry for yeah. how many years? Uh, I'm 25 now, so it's about 10 yeah 10 years it's yeah. a long time yeah it's, 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 so it's you're gonna time. grow aren't you exactly and I think you know I've, I've been lucky enough that I've been given the opportunity to do it twice <laughs> mm-hmm. um and yeah Ireland are amazing and it's been I Jamaica was a massive part of um finding that new direction for me I mean we had a beautiful time we went to Frenchman's Cove um when we had a day off and went to the beach um we went to this um, amazing restaurant called Soldier Camp one evening. We like made an effort to go out and do things, but at the same time, it was primarily a work trip. So, so I've never been to Jamaica. So, if I go, what's the one place that I should check out? Oh, I would say Frenchman's Cove. Yeah, so it is. It, what is that? It's a beautiful, like it's within like two, I want to say mountains. They might be hills. Mm-hmm. It was within sort of two mountains. Um, I want to say it's sort of caves, but it's not. It's like a, it's a cove. Yeah. Um, and it's this gorgeous beach, white sands. The the water is so blue, and there's all these trees with vines that you can hang off and swings. And it's just, it is like one of those Amazing. very typical like paradise yeah, vibes. Totally. Oh, that sounds gorgeous. Yeah. 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Today's episode is supported by Airbnb. It has been a long old winter here in the UK and in between podcast seasons, I'm going to take a little bit of downtime to seek out some warmth. I'm jetting off to the Greek island of Mykonos, visiting some places that have been on my bucket list. And while I'm hopefully soaking up some Mediterranean sun, my home will be hosting guests from all over the world thanks to Airbnb. It's the perfect way to make your travels easier even more rewarding. Instead of letting your home sit empty while you're off exploring new destinations, why not turn it into a cozy retreat for fellow travellers just like I do? Whether you choose to rent out your entire space or just a spare room, it's up to you. I list my spare bedroom and it's been a fantastic experience, both financially rewarding and a great way to connect with new people. So if you're planning your own summer getaway or any trip for that matter, consider putting your home on Airbnb. It's a fantastic way to earn extra income that can go towards your travel expenses, souvenirs, or even that special treat you've been eyeing. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.co.uk forward slash host. Thank you to Airbnb for supporting the Travel Diaries. Chapter four Mm -hmm. is the big one, Mm -hmm. which is what is your all-time favorite destination? My all-time favorite destination is probably... More recently, I'd say Langkawi um, in Malaysia. Yeah. Um, so I went, I did a gig in Kuala Lumpur last year and I hadn't had a holiday that year. So I decided to extend by, I think it was about 10 days. And my boyfriend flew from LA and met me, which was like a 36 hour journey for him. Um, and then we landed. Good boyfriend. In, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, like he was coming to holiday. So it's, yeah. I, I don't have any like real sympathy. sympathy yeah. No. Um, <laughs> And we went to, we decided to go to Langkawi, which is an island off Malaysia. It's about an hour away from Kuala Lumpur. Did you go by boat? We flew. Flew. It was about an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you can go by boat. Um, but we flew and it was honestly, it was it was a trip I needed because I hadn't had a holiday that year. So it was like much needed. Um, we It was like a mile long, the hotel that we stayed at. There was a mile-long private beach. Wow. And um, Do you remember the name of the hotel? 
Yeah, it was the Four Seasons. Oh, lovely. <laughs> and I'd never had a luxurious holiday like that. And I just decided that it was the end of the year. I'd worked insanely hard. Yeah. Um, and it was a massive reward. And so we, we I, I went all in, to be fair. We got the villa on the beach with the plunge pool that like walks out into the, the beach of our own private bit. Oh, the um, dream. It was pretty, pretty amazing. We had like monkeys stealing our fruit every morning. And it was just so gorgeous. Oh, wonderful. Mm. Are you into wildlife? Do you like wildlife travel oh yeah absolutely i'd love to do a safari mm. um any wildlife that i've ever sort of um been in contact with before has always been wild and ne- never really been up that up close but i'd love to do some some more immersive wildlife stuff and how about your favorite city um oh, my favorite city you've mentioned barcelona yeah, i mean I'd any say others either- Either London or Barcelona, that would be my go-to. Um, I also love Lisbon. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to go to Lisbon this year, but I just haven't found time. And I've only ever been for work, so I've never been able to explore it properly. But the bits that I have seen, I've just loved, and the food was amazing. So I want to go back and explore it properly. So you grew up, I mean, you were in boarding, at boarding school for some of the time, yeah. right? But you're a Londoner yeah. all your life? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I mean, except when I went to boarding school for five years in Somerset. But um, obviously I originate from London and I've, I've lived there. Yeah. yeah. So um, for people who aren't from London, what are your favourite spots? Where would you tell them to hang out? I oh, I love Asian food. So any like sushi and stuff like that, ramen. Um, I'm trying to think of places off the top of my head. My go-to ramen spot would probably be Kanada, yeah, which there's a couple. There's one in Tottenham Court Road, there's one in Angel, and there's always queues behind the block, um, around the block of um, people waiting really? to get in. I don't really? think they, I don't, yeah, I don't think you're able to book a table as one of those Oh, right, right. Exclusive Right, places. I'm going to add that to yeah. my, my restaurants to try list. Yeah, it's really, really good. Um, and then I love sushi, love um, this place called Six and Sushi. It's great if... People, there's people in your party that don't like uh, fish mm-hmm. because they have sticks, which is like, you know, it could be duck breast or like chicken jack, um, yakitori and stuff like that. So really good options for meat eaters. Mm. So, yeah, I love Are it. you a foodie? I love food. Yeah. yeah. I'm definitely a foodie. So on your travels around the world, where have you felt like you've eaten best? Um, I'd say Barcelona again. Mm. I ate so well. Um, I, I'm also like one of those people that will spend hours trawling like Google reviews and TripAdvisor reviews and any type of reviews. Pictures, pictures is my new thing because I've got a pretty good idea as to how the food's going to taste when I look at how it's presented. Mm-hmm. She says, "Yeah, maybe I'm wrong." Um, so no, I remember eating really well in Barcelona. Um, ate really well in Jamaica, obviously. Um. I'm trying to think off the top of my head as if there's anywhere else I haven't mentioned. Have you travelled much in Asia? No, that is my one big wish. Like, I that I want to do a big tour of Asia. Yeah. Not not even just walk, uh, working. I would love to just take a month out and do... And eat loads lot. of ramen. Yeah, eat loads <laughs> of ramen. I'm actually vegetarian now, but I think I'd give it up for a month just to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Chapter five is your hidden gem. Oh, yeah. What okay. would that be? It would be... Um, I went to this place called La Clouse's in... I think it's France. Mm-hmm. It is France. Um and maybe like two years ago, and me and my boyfriend, when we first um, started dating, we one of our things that we started doing was learning to snowboard. And cool. so we'd go to like one of the dry slopes, like in Milton Keynes or something, um, and then like got a bit cocky and we thought we were quite good. So we just decided to book this random trip to Le Clouse's, um resort. 
skiing resort in France. We flew to Geneva and then it was an hour drive from there. Mm-hmm. And we booked this gorgeous cabin called Dreamtown Cabin um, on like booking.com or something like that. And um, had, it was only three or four days, but it was absolutely gorgeous we had we were in this like wooden hut the hut had its own wooden hot tub that was like fire fueled oh love and it was just stunning and it just felt like very rural and not very like we were a million miles away from london that's for sure and then obviously threw ourselves on top of a mountain and threw ourselves off some blue routes that we were very like unprepared for like we apparently we chose the worst blue route that was almost a red route as well and we didn't get any lessons when we were there on the first day and we were like the second day we were like Okay, we need we need a coach. We need someone yeah, to tell yeah, us yeah. what we're doing. So you don't know what we're doing, but it was just a really fun place to go. The town was gorgeous, really small, but all the restaurants we ate at were amazing. I remember the very first meal we had. We had um, I think it's called raclette. Oh yeah, I love some raclette. I've never had it before, but we just like so that much looks cheese. good. Let's get that, and it was unbelievable. It was the best wine I'd ever had, best cheese I'd ever had and it just really set the the tone for that for that whole trip. Well that sounds gorgeous. So chapter six mm-hmm. in contrast is the place that you'd never go back to. <laughs> <laughs> Where's been most memorable for the wrong reasons? I am going to have to say Guangzhou in China. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Uh-huh. And the only reason I say that is because um, I flew to Australia uh, a while back and had to connect in Guangzhou for six hours. And it was the worst six hours of my life. And I don't know, it was must, must must have been like six years ago now. And I don't know if the airport's been upgraded now or, you know, how it's looking in Guangzhou. But I've heard bad reviews since and I have no intention of ever connecting in Guangzhou ever again. <laughs> so you didn't actually leave the airport? Didn't leave the airport. Right. And for good re- I mean, I don't think there was much around. From what I could see, there wasn't much. I did do a bit of a Google search when I managed to, like, get on some very, very weak Wi-Fi. Yeah. It was just, like, the worst place to be with no internet no like I didn't bring a book or one that I hadn't read um and I couldn't buy a book in English yeah um there weren't any shops there were no restaurants there were two restaurants with unidentifiable meat on both menus (laughs) and it was just the worst six hours of my life because I really didn't know what to do and I had my friend with me but we were both whinging together yeah totally I totally get that chapter seven then is your next big adventure what would that be um, well, I'm going to Jamaica in January um, for a little holiday because I think after I went um, for my writing camp last year, I'd sort of promised that I'd go back to Jamaica, go back to the side that my family was from mm-hmm. and just sort of reconnect um, with that area and go and mm-hmm. see a few people. Um, so I'm going to do that with my boyfriend like straight after New Year's we're getting out of here because the music industry just shuts down for like a whole the whole of January so I'm out yeah um and then we're gonna go straight from Jamaica to Montreal um which is quite the climate change yeah you have um, to pack two suitcases oh, I don't know how we're gonna do it I think we're gonna have to get extra baggage um and then we're gonna go snowboarding awesome um so yeah from from lying on a beach to snowboarding on top of a mountain at minus 21 degrees so what made you pick montreal well i've actually got family in toronto oh great city yeah it's i I love canada and my uncle is turning 60 and he loves snowboarding so ordinarily we'd all be like now you can go on your own but because it's his (laughs) 60th we all decided that we were going to go and join him in in montreal uh, we're going to montreblanc um, which I don't know anything about, and I'm going to Google it until uh, January. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be really fun. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. That's a really interesting part of Canada to go to, isn't it? Yeah. Because Canada's so varied. Yeah. 
every city is different and you've got that French influence yeah, there. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, so you'll probably get a bit more raclette, I imagine. Oh, that is, that's exactly what I'm aiming for. <laughs> and then we're going to go to Toronto after and see the family too. But I'm hoping, whilst I'm in Montreal, to see Banks and Ranks, who um, I did my new single mama with, who are really good friends of mine because they live in Montreal. Oh, no way. So, yeah, so they can, can take you around all the yeah. like, insider sites. yeah. Finally then, chapter eight, and that is what's at the top of your bucket list. I'd say the very top is Japan. Because as I said earlier, I absolutely love Asian food and I want to go to the origins and see what it's really like. Because obviously you're told that it's nothing like, you know, the Chinese takeaways in London are nothing like what you actually get in China. And I'm sure it's the same with sushi and all other Japanese foods. And I just want to go and do a little world tour, food tour of Japan. And mm-hmm. I don't just want to go to like the cities. I want to go like along the, I want to get the train. Is it the bullet train? Mm-hmm. I want to get the bullet train, go along the coast and see all sorts. Fantastic. And and maybe, as you said, like a big Asian tour that could yeah, go with it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Japan is not just the place that I want to go. Um, I am actually going to Singapore next month. Um, for the F1, which will be really cool. To perform? To perform. So I won't be there for very long, but I'm hoping, you know, to get something iconic out of the way whilst I'm there. Where do you have your favourite fans, would you say? Mm. Actually, that's a really hard question to say your favourite fans. Yeah. But like, what, what are the most interesting fan base? I'd say, actually, Poland. Okay. I love Poland. I've been to Poland quite regularly and every time I go I just have the best time there. The hospi- like so hospitable, so friendly, so grateful that you go. Um, and I've only ever been for work, but every time I've been I've always really really enjoyed it. And weirdly the sushi is amazing. I love that wherever you're going, you're seeking out the sushi. Yeah, there was a time in my life where that was the only thing I ate. So everyone was having to source it no matter what. Like Tesco sushi was not acceptable. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, I, I just remember the sushi bit. I think it was because when I arrived, they, they presented me with this wooden boat that had to be carried with two hands um, into my dressing room of sushi. That's the dream that yeah. set the precedent. Impossible to refrigerate, but amazing. <laughs> Wonderful. Ella Air, thank you so much. You. Those are your travel diaries. Yeah. One absolute pleasure. I loved hearing about all the places you've been so Thanks far. Much. And many more to come, I'm sure. Absolutely, I hope so. Thank you. Boy, I'm telling your mama, your mama, she don't know about That was Ella Eyre with her fabulous new single, Mama, which is out now on Island Records. As ever, if you've liked what you've heard today, your support with a review or rating is so appreciated and helps other people to discover the podcast. And come and find me on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. I'm at Holly Rubenstein. Thanks so much for listening and speak to you next time. Today's episode is supported by Airbnb. It has been a long old winter here in the UK and in between podcast seasons, I'm going to take a little bit of downtime to seek out some warmth. I'm jetting off to the Greek island of Mykonos, visiting some places that have been on my bucket list. And while I'm hopefully soaking up some Mediterranean sun, my home will be hosting guests from all over the world thanks to Airbnb. It's the perfect way to make your travels 
even more rewarding. Instead of letting your home sit empty while you're off exploring new destinations, why not turn it into a cozy retreat for fellow travellers? just like I do. Whether you choose to rent out your entire space or just a spare room, it's up to you. I list my spare bedroom and it's been a fantastic experience, both financially rewarding and a great way to connect with new people. So if you're planning your own summer getaway or any trip for that matter, consider putting your home on Airbnb. It's a fantastic way to earn extra income that can go towards your travel expenses, souvenirs, or even that special treat you've been eyeing. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.co.uk forward slash host. Thank you to Airbnb for supporting the Travel Diaries. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. <laughs> 